podcast in the sun. I, I, I. Welcome back to the Through the Eyes of Jesus podcast. My name is Isaiah Leininger. Joining me today, as always, is my good friend Walker Howe. And today we have a special guest with us to help us with season five common Bible misconceptions, and that is Caleb Todd. Go ahead and introduce yourself for those at home, please. Hi, my name is Caleb Todd. Right now I'm a freshman at Freed Hardman University. I'm a double major, double minor, meaning that I am going crazy for no reason. Yep. And I have a cybersecurity and software development major with a minor in business analytics and missions. So that's just a little bit about me. He doesn't love himself. No. We need to do one over uh, self-love. Yeah, yeah. Caleb, you need help. <laughs> double major and double minor. Hey, I thought about a triple major in Bible. But that would save me, but I, I decided not to. Well, Either way. I'm glad God intervened there. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to come out and, and help write the script and, and be on the show with us today. We're looking very much... We're, we're very excited to have you on the show, and we're excited to hear all your input on this topic. And this topic, as you can tell from the title of this episode, is what is worship? And that's under season five because there's a lot of different opinions on worship. Not just what happens in worship, but worship overall, right? Some people have the opinion of, you know, worship is Sunday morning, and that's it. And other people have the opinion that all our life, everything that we do is worship. And so that's the kind of the big question that we want to tackle today is what is worship? And so to help us with that, Caleb, I'm going to ask you to help us define our terms. What do we mean when we say worship? So when looking at the word worship in the first context that I look at, I like to see what the Greek or the Hebrew word is. And within the New Testament, the word, and if you're looking this up, it's in Strong's Concordance, number 4,352. But within the lexicon, it says that it's used 61 times in the New Testament within this version. And I do not know how to pronounce it. Proskuneu. But it's basically a way to say prostrating yourself in homage to, or to do reverence to, or to adore. Otherwise, through worship. But like you said, Caleb, uh, that doesn't really give us a clear definition of what worship is, at least in our understanding, right? The, when, when we look at the actual definition of the word, like you said, it's bowing down. It's, you know, face in the dirt kind of ideal, you know, like we see in, in movies with, with kings and, and things like that, right? The peasants would fall down and, and, and give worship to this king by, in, in that way. But we don't do that in our worship settings today. And one thing that it actually includes in the lexicon is literally or figuratively. So I'm sure that we'll come back to this later as well, but just to keep in our minds that we don't have to physically perform this action as most of it's in our hearts. And so whenever it says or figuratively to bow, it means just to give yourself over. I remember hearing that in some congregations they would lay down and put their hands to where they were in a completely defenseless position whenever they would pray. And that concept of just giving everything over to him, all of your trust, all of your mind, I think that's an important concept to go with it as well. That's a very good distinction to make, Caleb. Thank you for bringing that up. Like you said, it's not a literal bowing down, at least not all the time. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, at least is the point. Um, 
But like you said, having that complete trust, having that complete faith in God when we pray, that's very important. Uh, the Bible speaks on that. You know, I, think, I think it's James says, let him, you know, if someone asks something from God, let him ask in faith. Otherwise, he's, you know, like a boat tossed about by the wind. Right? I believe that's James chapter 1. But the, the point is, the actual definition of the word does not help us answer the question that, that I posed earlier. Is worship just something that we do on Sunday mornings? And of course, we've already seen in other episodes on the show that it is supposed to be Sunday mornings. Go ahead and check out the Sunday or Sabbath episode we put out earlier. But we've seen that there are things that we're supposed to do on Sunday morning, and that's worship. But there's also people who say, well, yeah, that's worship, but our whole life should be worship to God. Our whole life should be giving praise to God. Our whole life should be serving God. And so which is it? Which, which should we do? And I think when looking at this question, first we have to figure out what do we do in worship, right? And this is specifically talking about on Sunday morning. I, and I want us to go through and just talk about these briefly and kind of lay the foundation for what we're going to be talking about in the, in the rest of the episode. So when we talk about what do we do in worship, we have five what we call acts of worship. Uh, Walker, if you wouldn't mind just going through and talking about those real quick. Yeah, so um, as you've mentioned, or as we've mentioned uh, our previous plucking of the Sunday or Sabbath, I would also like to plug the episode about Acts of Worship because that's another title of one of the episodes we've done. Um, but if you want more information about these things, then go and listen to that episode. But this is just a general overview of what we are supposed to do in worship, and that is um, we're supposed to sing. We know that uh, sing with our hearts, sing with our uh, mouths, things like that, um, letting God know that uh, we, we are adoring Him and that we want to give our praise to Him. We're supposed to pray, talk with God, communicate with Him, tell Him about our struggles, things like that. We're supposed to partake of the Lord's Supper, to remember His death, to remember His burial, to remember His resurrection, and to remember uh, the reasons why He did those things and His love for us. And then ultimately we're supposed to give back because we are richly blessed people. Uh, we are blessed more than many other people in the world today, and so we have an opportunity to hopefully give back a portion of what we've been blessed with back to the Lord so he can use it to bless other people in their lives as well. And then uh, we're also there to hear a lesson from God's word, to hopefully take away something spiritually uh, enriching and hopefully able to apply that message to our lives and live it out uh, in a way that is pleasing and acceptable to Christ. Absolutely. And like you said, Walker, we've had episodes on just the acts of worship of themselves. We've also had episodes over singing and one over the Lord's Supper. So if you are searching for information about that, we would love for you to uh, stick around, finish off this episode, and then go listen to that one. It would mean a lot to us. But like you said, Walker, we have those acts of worship that we see the early church doing. We see commandments for us to do as well. Things like singing praises to God, praying to him, taking the Lord's Supper, the contribution of the saints, and hearing a lesson from God's word, right? Those are things that nine times out of 10, you go to any church, you're going to have all of those things on Sunday morning, right? Unless for some reason it's just, you know, maybe they're doing something a little bit different that Sunday or, or whatever. But the point is, those are the things that we are commanded to do on Sunday morning. But the, uh, the problem that arises, and not, maybe not necessarily a problem, but the question that arises is, well, we can do a lot of those things outside of worship, right? We don't have to be in church on Sunday morning, you know, just on Sunday morning in order to sing praises to God or in order to pray to God or in order to 
hear a lesson from God's Word. We can do that at any time. Uh, here at Freed Hartman, we have a chapel service every day for all the students. And, you know, that's not Sunday morning, but we still sing praises to God. We still are led in prayer. We still hear a lesson from His Word usually. Uh, and so, you know, the idea is, what is the difference here? You know, what, what's the difference between when, for example, Freed Hardman has a chapel service on Thursday morning versus Sunday morning when the saints are gathered together in the assembly of the Lord's church? What's the, what's the difference here? And that's the, that's the question that we really need to, to think about because we have the ability to practice a lot of these things at any time. Like I, like I already said, we can sing praises to God anytime. We can pray to God at any time. In fact, Paul encouraged the church at Thessalonica to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17, right? And we're, we can hear lessons from God's Word, or we can study God's Word whenever we wish, especially here in this country. And that's a blessing that we don't take advantage of nearly often enough. Uh, but, you know, just it's just the idea of we have the ability to do some of these things outside of Sunday morning. So does that mean that we are worshiping God outside of Sunday morning. I think when we look at this, we have to consider the fact that, well, the Lord's Supper is specifically for Sunday morning. So when we gather together as Christians, that's one of the biggest reasons why we're there, is to be together in fellowship and remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, remember his death and his burial, and maybe even most importantly, his resurrection. The death and burial are important, but without the resurrection, we have no hope. And so when we take the Lord's Supper, we remember his death, burial, and resurrection. And we're supposed to do that every Sunday morning as a collective body, as the body of the Lord. We can't do that any other time. We're not supposed to do that any other time. I mean, that's why if you go to a church on Sunday night, they will, they will offer the communion for anyone who missed it, but it's you know, not a requirement for anyone who was there in the morning because they've already done it on Sunday. They were, and everyone is supposed to do it on Sunday morning. Some people obviously are unable to go to worship services on Sunday morning for whatever reason, but we're supposed to partake of the Lord's Supper on Sunday morning with the church. Yeah, and that brings in one of the questions that's brought up most times. Whenever we're worshiping, we know that whenever we gather together with the congregation and we partake of the Lord's Supper and we do these acts, we know that that time is a period of worship to God. So the question then becomes... What differentiates that from, let's say, Wednesday night, whenever we gather together? Is it a Bible study or is it worship? And I think one of the main things that helps us differentiate that, we do acknowledge that we do not partake of the Lord's Supper upon a Wednesday or upon any other day of the week besides Sunday. But then it just becomes, is worship bound by the Lord's Supper? And that's a very belief. Some people believe that we only worship when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Others believe and have it in their hearts that we do not have to partake of the Lord's Supper in order to worship God if our heart's in the right place. And the more I've looked at this, the more I realize that it's not specifically bound just by having all of those upon a Sunday when we come together. It's more of having those acts to God, having the actions, but also having the heart and the intent with it. Right. 
I think that's a good way of looking at it because, you know, going back to the example of chapel here at Fried Hartman every day, we don't take the Lord's Supper because it's not, a, a com it's commanded for us to do on Sunday, not on any of the weekdays. But it's still considered worship because we're still gathered together. At, you know, that's a great time for the student body just to be, to be together, to, you know, push aside any of the distractions or the anxieties that being a college student brings and just sit down and sing some praises to God, be led in prayer, hear a reading from his word, and hear a lesson from his word usually. Um, but again, is that worship or is that Bible study? Is that just giving praise to God? Right? And I think you make a, make a good point, Caleb, that you know, when we are gathered together to put God first, I think we can consider that worship. But it's also important for us to remember and to recognize the fact that all worship is praise to God. That's what it's supposed to do. But not all praise is worship. We can praise God without being in a worship setting. And so I think that's going to be one of the distinctions that helps us answer this question, is making the distinction between a worship setting and worshiping God. When we are in a worship setting, like we've been talking about on Sunday mornings with the saints, then we are supposed to do all of those things, the acts of worship, singing and praying and the Lord's Supper, contribution, and a lesson from God's Word. Those are the acts of worship that we are supposed to do in a worship service on Sunday morning. But as Caleb has pointed out, and as I've mentioned, we can worship God on Wednesday night. We can worship God when we go to chapel here at school. You know, all of these things. But just because all worship is praise to God does not mean that all praise is worship. We can praise God without being in a worship setting. Mm. All right? uh, I've got a couple CDs in my car of acapella hymns. And occasionally I'll pop one in and I'll, I'll listen to it and I'll sing along and I'll, and I'll, I'll be praising God. Mm. Right? And as long as my heart's in the right places, as long as I'm actually focused on the words and not just kind of you know, humming along as I drive, you know, not really paying attention, then I am giving praise to God. But that does not necessarily mean that I am in a worship setting, right? And I think that distinction is, is very, very key in, in understanding this topic because, you know, uh, Caleb, you're, you're, you're in Corral, and so I, I know that this has been a, an issue that a lot of people have raised with Corral, is that Corral will sing hymns, right? Is that a worship setting? Is that giving praise to God? What, what is that? And I think when we look at chorale, right, yes, it is performance. Yes, it is entertainment for those sitting there. But it's also a chance for the chorale to give glory to God with some of those hymns. And also for the audience to sit back and, and reflect on the words of those hymns. And so I would not call what the chorale does worship. I would call that praise. And... Real quick, we can get back to that as well, but one of the things that you said earlier and what you were just saying was we do not have to be in a worship setting to be able to worship God. And I kind of also want to look at the flip side of that. We can be in a worship setting and not worship God. And whenever thinking about it logically, one of the things that helps me is to consider the alternative. So... Whereas we can be outside of the traditional worship service that's ordained by the elders in the time that they choose for the congregation, we can also be within that time in that setting 
and have our hearts in the wrong place, have our minds in the wrong place to be where we're not giving ourselves over to God. We're not prostrating ourselves figuratively in homage to just worship him and to give him everything. And in that scenario, we can be in the place and not be in the mindset and not worship God. Yeah, that's a very good point. And we're, we're definitely going to make sure that we hit on that further uh, later in the episode, but absolutely bring up an amazing point. Uh, the illustration I used earlier of the CDs that I have in my car, the, the pitfall that I so often fall into is because I have listened to those CDs so much, I grew up with a lot of these CDs, right? I stole them from my mama, and that's why they're in my car. Um, but, you know, I, I know not only what's, you know, I, not, not only do I know the words of the songs, but I know what song is coming next, right? That, you know, because I've, like I said, I've grown up with these CDs. And so it's just the idea of making sure that you are intentional and making sure that you have your focus right when worshiping God. Um, because even when we're worshiping God and trying to give him praise, sometimes it's harder to do that than others. And sometimes we fail to truly honor worship and respect the worship setting like we should. And going back to what you had said about the corral, we go and we first we practice. We try to praise God to the best of our ability. And some people may say that as, oh, well, you're practicing with a song of worship with a hymn. And some people might start finding issues with that in their own personal life. But I kind of am in that position to where if God commanded us to sing, I want to know how to sing the best that I can. So I, I try to constantly improve because otherwise I do see every once in a while someone look and they say, oh, well, I can sing, but I don't need to try like, I don't need to constantly try to improve to give God the best that I can. And I think that can become dangerous. But whenever we get into corral going and performing for, some people say, entertainment, I kind of found it helpful in my own mind to think of it as edification. Mm. So whenever we go and maybe we're with a congregation and we're singing these hymns and we're off uplifting praise to God it for the people who are listening to it it helps edify them I know that every once in a while you can just sit back you know the song but you can just sit back and really hear the words being sung like whenever we sing how great is our God and sometimes I just I don't even sing hymns on my own time I'll just look at a song and I'll just read the words and how powerful how much praise we're giving to God that he deserves yeah absolutely you know the words of the songs are <clears throat> supposed to be a lot more important than the notes that we sing because the words of the songs are often based either they're either quotations from scripture or they're based from scripture and there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from songs just by lo looking at the words of them but the, the trap that I so often fall into, and I know this is a, uh, not just a me thing, but a lot of people struggle with this, is that I tend to focus on the notes. Because like you, like you said, Caleb, we want to give God our best. We want to show him that we love him and that we care about him and that we're putting him first, that we're putting that effort in to making sure that we are giving him the best that we possibly can. 
right? Uh, maybe, maybe an earthly illustration will help with this. Uh, it's Valentine's Day is coming up for this, uh, as we're recording this. And Walker and I, I don't, I don't know if Caleb has his eye on anybody, but, but Walker and I both have girlfriends. And so, like we uh, at least at the time of this recording, <laughs> unless, some, unless something's changed in the past five minutes, I don't know about. But anyway. If my parents are listening, it's still a no. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, I was talking with my girlfriend last night, and I, I was like, I'm trying to make the Valentine's Day as special as it can be, because it's our first one together. And she is not very opinionated. She's, she's kind of an you know, easy going, kind of go with the flow kind of person. Um, but the point is that I was trying to make Valentine's Day the best that I can for her and, you know, trying to figure out what she likes since we're still kind of new in the relationship, uh, trying to figure out what she wants, that kind of thing. And so I was trying to give her my best, right? That's what we need to do with God. We need to give him our best. We need to put in that effort to figure out a, what he wants and B, how best to do it. Right. And so that, that's what we want to do with, with the notes of the songs, Right? We want to sing loud and, and sing in harmony with one another so that it, it sounds good, so that it's uplifting to all those who hear it, and especially to God. But the trap that I so often fall into is that I tend to focus just on the notes and ignore the words. And I, I think maybe a part of that, for me at least, is my background in things like chorale and musical theater and stuff like that where you know, you're trained to focus on the notes and make sure that you're getting them right so that the performance sounds good. But the thing with a worship setting, and I think Caleb, you phrased this beautifully earlier, a worship setting is not about a performance. It's not about us, it's about God, right? And like you said, Caleb, when the chorale goes and tours and, and sings hymns of praise to God, you're not performing necessarily, you're encouraging, you're edifying. And that's what we need to be doing when we're singing all the time, not just with a chorale. We need to be singing in order to encourage and to uplift ourselves and, and one another, but most importantly, keep the focus on God. And that's a trap that a lot of people, I know, not just myself, can fall into when singing in worship. But, but to kind of reel us back in and get back on script a little bit, this was an amazing tangent, but to get us back on script, you know, the idea is that, yes, we are supposed to do these acts of worship in a worship setting, but we can do some of those things outside of a worship setting, like singing or praying or hearing a lesson from God's word or just studying God's word. And so, again, it goes back to the idea that all worship is praise to God, but not all praise is worship. In fact, when we look at the word praise, according to the ESV, the Bible uses that word 207 times. 207. That's a lot more than I'm willing to sit here and count. Uh, very thankful for the technology that has accounted that for me. But the point is that giving praise to God is something that the Bible talks about so many times because it's important. Mm -hmm. Giving praise to God is something that we as Christians need to do all the time, not just when we're gathered together as the body of Christ. Right? So... We were, we were talking about this beforehand, but the kind of the big takeaway that we want you to remember from this episode is that worship is absolutely important, right? Being there, being uplifted by your brothers and sisters in Christ, being a part of the body of God, being a part of the temple of God, to use a different analogy, that's crucial to a growth as a Christian. But just as crucial is making sure that, that our worship setting is not the only time that we think about God. 
We as Christians need to be praising God and glorifying God all the time, not just in a worship setting. So to tie into the question at the beginning of the episode, is worship just when we are gathered together on Sunday morning, or can we worship God all the time? And I think maybe that's not the best way to look at that question. I think we need to say, are we supposed to serve God just on Sundays, or am I supposed to serve God all the time? And the answer is, of course, all the time. God doesn't want part-time servants, as the old saying goes. Mm. Right? Right. The, uh, the, old, the old song, all of me loves all of you. Right? That's how it needs to be with, with God. Right? We can't hold anything back. We can't stop ourselves from being dedicated to God. We need to be fully serving God and put him first in our lives. You know, you know the, again, Caleb, the definition that you provided for us earlier of, of worship is when we humble ourselves and when we bow down to God. And that's something that we need to have the attitude of, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout our whole life. God is sovereign. God is superior. God has authority over us. And we need to recognize that. Amen. We need to humble ourselves. We need to bow down before him and say, not my will, but your will. Lord, if you want me to do something, then I'll do it. Amen. Lord, if you want me to go somewhere, then I'll go. Lord, if you want me to say something, then I'll say it. All for you, Lord. It is all for you. Everything that I do, everything that I say, everything that I think is for you. That's what Paul said in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. That's our calling as Christians, to glorify God, to praise him, and to serve him, not just on Sunday mornings. Yes, that is incredibly important. You cannot be a full-time Christian without going to church. That is crucial to, as a Christian, but that cannot be the only time that you are serving God. We've got to serve God all the time. And I think an important part of this as well is we're supposed to worship God and praise God all the time, even when times are tough, or even when times are good. Uh, there's, there's, you know, a trap either way. Uh, we, we were looking in one of our classes, Walker, the other day about, uh, I, think, I think it was Aristotle's, like, line of virtue or whatever, right? You've got, you've got the, the virtue in the middle, middle in the, <clears throat> the virtue in the middle. That was, <laughs> hard, to, yeah, that was hard to say that it should have been. <laughs> You've got the virtue in the middle, but if you go to either extreme, it becomes a vice, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, we were, we were looking at, uh, oh, what's a good example of this, Walker? Do you have one off the top of your head? No. No, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, neither one of us paid too much attention to that class, apparently. Uh, this was also a few weeks ago. Which class was this? Contemporary, Contemporary Concerns. Concerns. The only class we had together this semester. Anyway, the point is... I'll take it too many Bible classes. They all interlock. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. There's a lot of common ground. But uh, do, you, do you have one, Caleb? Or? Um, I was just going to talk about what you said about praising and the good and the bad. But I'm not sure if you want to finish your point. I'll, I'll finish my point and then I'll hand it off to you. Gotcha. Yeah, you're good. Uh, point is, Aristotle has this, has this idea of, you know, the virtue is in the middle. If you go to one side or the other too much, it becomes a vice and it's not actually helpful for you. And so this is kind of the same thing, you know. We're, we're always supposed to have our focus on God, but when times get too good or times get too bad, sometimes we tend to take our focus away from God. Right? I've seen this happen in my own life on both, on both extremes. Right? 
Life's good. Everything's great. You know, God has blessed me a lot. And so like the children of Israel, uh, you know, especially in the books of Judges and, and Kings and Chronicles and that kind of nature, when times are good, I invest in myself and I'm like, oh, look at what all I've done, right? Look at how good I am. I've made my life so great. And I get proud and arrogant and I forget that God was the one to bless me. And so then God will probably humble me a little bit and remind me, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm the one who gave you all this stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a trap when times are good to forget about God and to, you know, just be focused on the, the moment and be focused on what you have instead of focused on who gave you it. But on the other side, on the other extreme, when times are hard, we cry out to God and we say, why have you forsaken me? Right? Why have you left me? And we forget about all the stuff that God is still doing for us. I've, like I said, I've seen both of those happen in my life. But whatever's going on, we need to praise God. We need to give him the glory. Uh, there's a movie called Facing the Giants that's maybe not entirely scripturally sound, but it's a beautiful movie, one of my favorites. And one of the things that they say several times throughout the movie, it's a movie about a high school football team for context. And, and several, something they say throughout the movie is, if we win, we'll praise God, and if we lose, we'll praise God. They had their focus right. No matter what happens in our life, we need to remember to give God the glory and to praise Him all the time, to humble ourselves and serve Him every day, not just on Sundays. And now I'll turn it over to you, Caleb. Yeah. Um, one thing that I just looked at, is you said praising God in the good and the bad. And I think that we see examples of that all throughout the Bible. We see in Acts, whenever they were trying to use miracles to glorify God, whenever they healed the lame man, immediately after, they didn't say, you're welcome. They didn't say, you're all good, you can pay us later. They said, it was God. They took... Everyone around them, they could have easily took credit for any of that. But instead, they gave it to God. They said, all of the glory, all of the praise belongs to God. We see in the Psalms. We see in Psalm 34, when he's speaking of David, and he says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And he goes on to just talk. In verse 8, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one that takes refuge in him. And he just, all throughout the psalm, and all throughout many of the psalms, he goes and talks, whether he's in a good state of mind, whether he's happy, everything is going well, he praises God. If he's on the run, if he's just sinned, he still acknowledges God. He still sings and writes psalms to God. Absolutely. And you know, it's really interesting when we look at the psalms, there's a lot of high moments in David's life that he praises God for. But there's also a lot of really low moments. Uh, I think of Psalm 51, uh, where David is just absolutely devastated at the consequences of his actions with the sin of Bathsheba. Uh, and we know of other Psalms that David wrote while he was on the run from people like Saul 
or so, you know, when one of his sons would try to rise up and, and overthrow him and, and take control of the kingdom. And, and David was forced to, to flee Jerusalem. I mean, David had his focus right most of the time. Right? Obviously, David was a man and, and men make mistakes, but David recognized the fact that we are supposed to praise God all the time, not just in the good times, but in the bad. And oftentimes when we look at the Psalms, especially the, uh, the dark and depressing ones that David wrote in those you know, sorrowful moments of his life, there's almost always a section of hope, a section of remembrance of the fact that God is sovereign, that God is in control, and that God has steadfast love and faithfulness and mercy. Yeah. And you were talking about Psalms 51, the one where he starts off, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. And he asks him to blot out his transgressions. And he talks about everything that he's done, how he's sinned, how he was in such a bad place, but that he knew that with God he could get through it. In verse 15, I find it interesting, in the same psalm where he's asking God, blot out his transgressions, he He's in such a bad place. He says, Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. He acknowledges. He says, All I want to do is to praise, to glorify you. And so even in a psalm where he's done something wrong, he still praises God. And I think that's helpful for us in our lives today because oftentimes if we do something bad in the world or if we get caught up in a worldly temptation or we sin, we tend to fall back. And we tend to think, oh, I just need some time away mm. and some time away from God. And that's not at all true. Right. We need to cling closer to God. And I think we see through David especially how in his good times, he clung to God. And whenever it got to a bad time, he knew he could still cling to God. That's an excellent, excellent point. You know, that really concludes that, that point that we wanted to make, you know. Again, the, the idea of this, this episode was to talk about when are we worshiping. And I think we've done a, a pretty good job of, of, you know, explaining the fact that we have acts of worship that we are supposed to do together in a worship setting. There, there are also some of those things that we can do outside of the worship setting to give praise to God and to grow closer to him. Um, and so before we conclude the episode, we just want to do two more things. Number one, we want to look at the worship setting again. And we want to make sure that we, when we are in the worship setting, we're in there for the right reasons and we're doing the right things for the right reasons. And then we're going to end off the episode with another reminder of how great our God is and why we should praise him. But, again, the first thought is the intent to worship. Are we truly worshiping, right? Yeah, so I've been looking at this for a while, and at first I looked at worship, and I was looking for a definition. I wanted a pinpoint by scenario way to sort whether something is praise or is it worship. And I might have even went into that with the wrong intent because... Whenever we're truly worshiping, 
it's not that we want to be able to check off a list. It's not that we want to be able to say, hey, I worshipped a lot, or I worshipped really well. It's to the point to where when we worship, it's more than just praise. Because we can praise God through anything that we do. Whenever we worship, we give it all to God. Like I said, that completeness of our mind, just giving everything that we have to Him. And I think one of the songs that we sing that helps me look at it is a song, Here I Am to Worship. And it says, Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Opened my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely. Altogether worthy. Altogether wonderful to me. And I think that that kind of brings it together. Because worship is this way that if we do it correctly, if we really put our minds to it with the congregation in that setting on a Sunday morning whenever we partake of the Lord's Supper and we are in a time of worship that idea is not place specific because as we mentioned earlier it's based on where the heart is I wanted to find this definition for worship. I wanted to find this way that I could almost put in a checklist. But the more I looked at it, the more I realized that worship is something that is sacred. But by having it be sacred, we cannot pinpoint every single example because it does come down to each scenario. Because like we mentioned earlier, we can be in a worship service and not worship. We can be outside of a worship service and worship. It all depends on where our heart falls and it all depends on if we're doing what God commanded us to do. Right. That's an excellent point, Caleb. Like you said, you know, it's just the idea of just how powerful our God is. And that's why we worship Him. Because he is so powerful and he is so loving and he has commanded us to gather together every Sunday morning and like you said earlier at a predetermined time by the leaders of, by the elders of each individual congregation for whatever is best for that congregation but we're all supposed to gather together on Sunday morning sing praises to him remember the sacrifice that his son made on the cross pray to him give back and hear a lesson from his word. And as he also said, our whole life should be service to him. Our whole life should be praise to him and giving glory to him. Maybe not necessarily in a worship setting, but all the time. And something else that you said, Caleb, that I know that I've been guilty of before is being in a worship setting and not worshiping in spirit and in truth as Jesus commanded us to in John chapter 4. You know, just because you're in the building does not mean that you're worshiping or that you're serving God correctly. You know, I, I know some folks that 
refuse to sing in church. They refuse. They, they will sit there and be silent the whole time and not actively participate, not actively give their hearts over to God, or at least that's what it looks like from the outside. Obviously, I don't, I don't know their hearts and I don't know their minds, but that's what it looks like from the outside. When we are in church, we are there for one reason, and that is to give glory to God, to praise God, to serve God. Everything else that we get from church is an added benefit. Growing closer to God is an added benefit. Growing closer together with fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ is an added benefit. But we are there to worship God. Yeah, and one of the verses, I was just pulling it up, it's in Colossians 2. I'm going to read from verses 20 through 23. It kind of talks about that idea of arbitrary worship and how we're free from tradition and from all these things that we, like, they impose. Because we think of the Pharisees, they were very strict in some of their traditions and teachings. And it says, Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of the world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations have an appearance, indeed, of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And I think that idea, as you said, in everything that we should give praise to God, it's a helpful reminder that it's to God. Because far too often, if we're not careful, we can fall into that, I'm doing it, but am I doing it for the right reason? Are you there because you have to be, or are you there because you get to be? And that's something that I've noticed in myself as well as, you know, sometimes people will ask me, oh, Isaiah, what are, what are you doing on Sunday? Oh, I'm, I'm going to church. No, I get to go to church. And that is a blessing that in this country we take for granted far, far too often. Because there are so many countries in the world where churches are not allowed to meet in public. Uh, I remember hearing a story about a preacher that was arrested in, Can in Canada during the pandemic because he and his congregation refused to stop meeting despite the uh, sickness that was going around. And so he got arrested for it, and they shut the church down. There are countries like China and North Korea and, and others that Christianity is outlawed in. There's still Christians there, but they're secret and underground and still trying to serve God to the best of their abilities in a country that does not want them to or allow them to. We get to worship here in this country. Not only do we get to worship, but we get to worship on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday evening. And as we've talked about in this episode, we can give praise and glory to God everywhere not just in a specific worship setting. And we fail to do that more times than not. It's a challenge for all of us in this country, I think, to 
put the proper reverence and respect on worship that it deserves because we have gotten so accustomed to the right of being able to worship freely without fear of persecution in this country. It, like you said, Caleb, it kind of just becomes a routine, something that we do, right? Sunday morning, get up, go to church. Cool, now I can go do whatever I want to do. Now I can go about the rest of my day. That's not how it should be. We get to worship God. We get to praise God. And we should do that, yes, with the acts of worship in that specific time, but also our whole life. Because God is so good. We want to end off today's episode by reading 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. To really remind us of why our God is so good. Why he deserves to be praised. Why he deserves to be worshipped. And there's a lot of reasons that we could put in there. But I really appreciate Caleb for, for reminding us of this passage. And Caleb, I'm going to ask you if you are willing to read First Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9 through 9 for us. Most definitely. Reading from the ESV in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Thank you, Caleb. So Peter here, as he kicks off his, his epistle to the churches, uh, we see in verse 2, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, right, all these Christians throughout this huge region, he says, God deserves to be praised. God deserves glory. One, because he has given us, or he has shown to us, rather, abundant mercy. Mm-hmm. He's giving us a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that does not fade away, that does not go away, but it is incorruptible because of his power. Mm-hmm. He gives us reason to rejoice because we know that when we encounter trials as Christians, that it is for the testing of our faith so that we may be genuine in our love for Christ who died for us. And it is for the salvation of our soul. There's five good reasons right there why God deserves to be praised. And there's so many more that we can name. Like you mentioned earlier, Caleb, how great is our God? Amen. This has been a fantastic episode. Caleb, I know you put a lot of time and dedication into this. 
put a lot of thought into this. And so we're very, very thankful to have you on the show. And uh, Lord willing, hopefully we'll have you back at some point. Uh, Walker, again, thank you for, for joining us and for organizing this and doing all the behind-the-scenes work that people don't actually get to see. Uh, but we're very thankful for you guys and for all the other members of our team. And, of course, for you all at home. And you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, there's just so much to be thankful for right now. So many blessings that God has given to us. So many opportunities that God has given to us. And we're so thankful for that. Another reason to praise Him, right? Uh, but we understand that maybe something that we've said here in this episode uh, might have been confusing. You may have a different opinion on something than us, and that's okay. We just want to make sure that our opinions are founded in Scripture. And so if we said anything that is unscriptural, if we said anything that goes against the Bible, we would love for you to reach out and help us learn, help us grow. Uh, if you have any questions about anything that we've talked about, we would love to help you in any way that we can. Uh, if you just have a question in general, we would love to hear that as well. We are possibly planning a season where we just have people's questions. So if you have a question that you want us to talk about at some point in time or just to respond with you, we would love to do that. We have an Instagram page and a Twitter under the same handle, uh, TTEOJ underscore podcast. We have a website, TTEOJ.com. We have a Facebook page, Through the Eyes of Jesus Podcast. You can find us uh, on any of those platforms. You can listen to us on any streaming device. You would, we would love for you to reach out to us. We're so thankful for you, the listener, uh, giving up your time and, and joining us in this study of God's Word. Is there anything else that needs to be said before we close out in prayer, gentlemen? Y'all are awesome. Same there. Y'all are amazing. Thank y'all for having me. I, it, I really appreciate it. Yeah. We're, we're very thankful that you were able to be here and, and that we were able to get an episode for you that I think was something that you really were excited for. So, uh, But if there's nothing else, then we're going to go ahead and go to God in prayer. Dirty Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the day that you've given us. We thank you so much for the breath that we have in our lungs, for the health that we have, for the beautiful day outside, for our friends and our loved ones, for all those who have encouraged us and supported us. Lord, we're so thankful for you, Lord. You have just been incredible, Lord. You always are and you always will be. Lord, help us to take what we've learned from this episode and put it into our hearts. Help us, Lord, to worship you and in spirit and in truth when we are gathered together with the church. Help us, Lord, to perform the acts of worship not as duty, but out of love and out of joy. Help us, Lord, to serve you and to praise you and to bring you the glory whatever we do, Lord, uh, not just in worship, but in all points in life. Lord, we lift you up because you deserve the praise because you deserve the glory, you deserve the adoration, because you are God. You are so great and powerful, Lord, and we're so thankful for you, most of all, for sending your son to die on the cross, so that through him and through his sacrifice, we might have a home in heaven with you if we are found faithful. Lord, thank you so much, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.